Welcome to Soccer, a perspective for parents, where we'll be discussing what the coaches and refs really wish you, the parent, knew about the beautiful game. The goal of this podcast is to bridge the knowledge gap between the parents, that's you, and the coaches and refs. I will attempt to explain the game and rules in a way you can understand. That way, when you are out there watching Timmy, you can just enjoy the game. Okay, so today we're talking about outside defenders, marking backs, and wing backs. Marking back is just another name for outside defenders, so there's not much difference between them. Wing backs and outside defenders are kind of two different positions and are played differently. In the past, as I stated in the last defenders video, defenders weren't expected to really attack. They were really only expected to be able to defend the ball. In the modern game, that's changed a lot. You're expected to contribute to the attack as well as defend. Outside defenders get the nickname marking back because one of their main responsibilities is marking players. The reason they get the name outside defenders is because they sit outside the center backs. And that's mostly where they'll be regardless of any formation. Now, their width will change depending on the formation. If you have three in the back, generally you'll have two outside defenders and a central defender. And so what will happen with those outside defenders is they'll pinch in a little bit closer to the center of the field and worry less about the outside of the field and leave the outside of the field to midfielders. Whereas if you have five in the back, you have three center backs and two outside backs. Those outside defenders will push out closer to the line and prevent the width attack. With the 4-4-2 where you have two center defenders and two outside defenders, generally they'll split the difference between the uh, three and the five. So they'll be kind of balanced so they can provide balance to the defense. And if they got to push out wide, they got they can push out wide and defend if they need to pull into the center and defend in the, help defend in the center. They'll pull into the center and help defend it. Wingbacks are generally more attacking-minded, and due to the limitations on whatever formation you're running, they'll attempt to fill the role of like an outside midfielder by giving them overlapping runs. This will happen where you have like three midfielders. Those midfielders will generally be pinched in more in the center, so those wingbacks will be responsible for providing the width on the field. They'll also be expected to get up and serve the ball in from the outside and add numbers on the attack for the midfield. The wingbacks will generally have to have more endurance because they're expected to play both ends of the field. We've also seen what they call inverted fullbacks or inverted backs or inverted outside backs, which is it's fairly new to the game, and Pep Guardiola really, is really known for it. What will happen is those outside backs will push up in front of the defending midfielders and pinch in towards the center of the field. It causes a lot of hard decisions for the defending team to work out. If you want to read more about it, there's an article that goes over it completely in the show notes. It's an outside the boot article. Check show notes and you'll find the link for it. The main responsibilities of an outside defender or marking back. They're out there to prevent service uh, into the box from the outside. They protect the outer thirds of the field. The outer thirds of the field is if you have the 18-yard box, the two outside lines closest to the end lines. You draw a straight line from them to the from there to the center field. That's the outer third of the box. That's the area that the outside defender lives in. When the ball is on the opposite end of the field that they're on, their job is to mark whoever is the outside player on their side of the field. They're looking to stay with the guy on the backside because that guy is usually looking to make a back post run. And back post runs are some of the most dangerous runs that you'll see in soccer. What we mean by back post runs is when the ball is crossed in, he's running at the post that's opposite the side the ball was crossed in from and looking to head the ball in or play make a play over there generally that's 
the most dangerous because that's not where the goalkeeper is. Generally, the goalkeeper is more middle, three quarters of the way. And if you're not there to mark him, he's got a pretty much 90% of the time, he's got a free shot on goal. They also need to really communicate with their teammates in case they lose that backside run. Or if there's somebody unmarked on the backside, they're going to be usually be able to see it. Or someone not marked in the center, they're going to be able to see it. And so they need to communicate that with their player, with their teammates. Another one of their main responsibilities is to help in the attack without getting too far out of position. They don't want to get too far out of position in case there's a, uh, in case they lose the ball, they need to be able to get back and get on their mark. They usually help in initiating the attack and also being an outlet for back passes in case the, de- in case their defense has shut our attack down and we need to come back, uh, play a back pass and start over, maybe switch field. They usually help in switching the field. And they're that outlet for a back pass to start it all over. Some of the main responsibilities of wingback are pretty much the same as were just listed, plus some added attacking responsibilities. They need to provide the width on the attack. Since there's generally not an outside midfielder to provide that width, they need to provide that width. Since they're the ones providing the width, they're generally also the ones that are expected to provide the service into the box. They're really also looking for a lot of overlapping runs because that's generally how they're going to get into their position to get those crosses in. They also need to be able to recover very quickly on the defensive side of the ball. Since they're pushing up really high, generally there's nobody out there on that mark on that outside position to provide defense. So when the ball turns around, they need to be able to book it back. So they generally need to be fairly fast. They also have to have a good head on their shoulders because they need to know when it is appropriate for them to be super deep into the opponent's uh, opponent's end or when they need to hang back and wait and play a little more defensively. That balancing changes very quickly during the game. They really need to be in their head and paying attention to what's going on during the game. One thing that I used to like to do as a wingback and that helps very much is to fatigue your opponent. Generally, you have somebody, whoever you're marking is also marking you. What I used to try to do a lot was to run whoever was marking me into the dirt, wear them out. That way, when you're tired, you can slack up a little bit uh, because generally they're tired too. But that's you, you have to feel your opponent out. on. Sometimes you're going to run into opponents that are way better shaped than you and you're not going to be able to do that, so you need to balance your fatigue against their fatigue. Some qualities of a good outside defender slash wingback is they need to be able to communicate effectively. One thing you're going to hear me beat, beat, beat to on every position is communication. Communication is huge in the game of soccer. You have to be able to talk to each other. Generally, the team that does more talking and talks better to each other wins the game. They need good technical skills because once again, you're expected to help in the attack. You're expected to be able to play the ball. In the past, it wasn't as big a deal, but now you have to be able to have ball control. Good speed. Speed always helps. One of those general athletic abilities that's always going to help. Same with strength. Agile. All those three things are general athletic abilities that are going to help you. Brave, because you got to be able to step in front of the ball. Sometimes you got to take a shot right to the face. I've been knocked out a few times taking shots to the face, and it's one of the part of the business, part of the job. Ability to stay focused. You have to be able to stay focused on the ball and the play and know what's going on. Patience. Can't you can't poke, you can't dive, you can't do that type of stuff. That's how you get beat as a defender. You have to be patient on the ball 
and know when to step in, when to step, uh, when not to step. And that goes into the next one, sound decision-making abilities. You got to know when to put somebody on the butt and when not to. You got to know when to take a foul and when not to take a foul. Jumping, once again, self-explanatory, one of those general athletic abilities that helps. Your ability to time tackles. You have to know, you have to be able to feel when you can hit, step in and take the ball from somebody and when you can't. Take, come in, try and take the ball at the wrong time, cause a foul in the box. Hey, now you've given them a PK. Anticipation, which is just the ability to read the game. Reaction time. General athletic ability, reaction time type things. React to what you see. What It's more along the lines of reacting to what you see happening. Discipline. Discipline's huge in every sport. Don't think I need to go deep into that. Wingbacks in general need more endurance than typical outside back. As a wingback, you're going to need, just know you're going to need to be able to have a bit higher endurance if you want to play wingback. Another one that's pretty big is the ability to judge proper distance between the outside back and the center back. You need to know when you need to pinch in and when you can float out a little bit because most of your job is going to be intercepting passes. And if you allow too much room between you and the center back, you've allowed a through ball right uh, between y'all two. So being able to judge that is huge. There's some uh, famous outside defenders if you want to go watch and learn and see how you like stuff. You have Jordi Alba, who's generally known as a wingback. You have Ashley Cole, Marcelo, Roberto Carlos, Giasanti Fascetti. I probably messed that up. Philip Lamb, Danny Alves, great wingback. Cafu, Javier Zanetti, Carlos Alberto, Gary Neville, one of my favorite. Leanne Thurum. All right, some of the best outside backs for the U.S. Eddie Pope, one of my favorite. I grew up on Eddie. I love Eddie. Steve Cherundolo, probably one of the most accomplished and decorated. Breck Shea, wingback. Kelly O'Hara for the women's team, wingback. I absolutely love me some Kelly O'Hara. Go watch her. Try and emulate her. Ali Frieger and DeAndre Yedlin, also wingback. He's very tough, very physical. I love DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, just one thing of note. There's two articles in the online sources in the notes section that will talk about why defenders are the most underappreciated players on the field. I put it in just because, like I said, I'm generally a defender. Go check it out. Uh, Read it. Tell me what you think. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember the kids are out there for fun. And let's have a good day.